Talk Shoes. Recorded live. You guys are trying to you you guys are trying to start the the show before I started recording. Everyone just be quiet. Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. This is the first official roundtable. My name is Klaatu. I'm the moderator of this episode. And with me on the panel, I have Drake Anubis. Howdy. I've got Plexi. Howdy. I've got Deep Geek. Yo. And Scarlet. In the house. And Morgellon, the low-tech mystic. Oi, oi. There he is. Uh, today, the topic, the exciting topic, the first topic that we chose to tackle for the roundtable series is uh, whether or not Google is evil. And I think that when we talk about uh, whether they're evil, I don't know, do we want to try to grasp what the concept of evil is first? Like, do we, or do we all just kind of have a general idea of what we're talking about when we say Evil. I think we should discuss it a little bit just because, you know, <laughs> so we know what we're talking about. And if right. there's cooling in listeners, too, who might be wondering, what are they talking about? Yeah. Well, I think we all agree that Google is not evil on the scale that there's mass slaughter or death camps or... We don't know that, though. Yeah, can I disagree? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone could use Google to find people to kill them. Ah. <laughs> but Google itself would not represent an entity that would desire such a thing. Okay, I'm going to concede. I'm going to concede to that right now, but but with with the option of bringing that up as an issue later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not killing people. They're not like they're not imposing any kind of police state anywhere that we are aware of. So when we talk about evil, are we talking about just Privacy violations and stuff. I, you know, I mean, at least for me, I just think of like uh, surveillance issues or, or yeah. privacy issues. That's what I, that's like what I think of when I think of it. Could we surmise that our our uh, usage of evil would be in relation to its uh, its ability to have power over another individual and 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 undesirable way or yeah something that one would not naturally do themselves. Well, then then they are definitely evil under that definition. It's almost a tautology, you know? I mean, I mean, if, if, if you have to have, in order to be found, to be listed on Google, and they can just delist you, they can just blacklist you, then, and you're a web business, they can literally put you out of business. How often does that happen, though? Come on. It depends on what you're... you're you're doing, I think. I mean, well, if you sell child porn, that's the same. That's different than selling flowers. You know? <laughs> right, right. But I mean, I mean, we all saw. I mean, I saw Stink Dog's presentation about Google Ads. You know, about how just the word hacker would get your ad like blacklisted. Oh, I better change my site before I request the Google Ads and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they're collecting all this information that we're, you know, 
creating and can they use that against us at some point? Like, is that accessible by the government? That kind of thing? Are they it's creating something that can be used against us? Well, the, the, the dad said it's definitely scary. I just, I just read that they have never deleted a search query ever. Then, of course, there's the whole issue of people using them as their email server. That means they they know everybody. They know who knows everybody else as well as what their per- personal communications are. Mm, yeah. You yeah. can just turn that over to our, you know, to the government for anything. It would be so easy just to find out what people are talking about. That's, that is scary. Remember that, like, Google's uh, Google's function as a company, their mission objective is to gather information. So from Google's standpoint, they're not deleting their search queries and collecting every shred of information as part of their ability to coalesce information so that they can relay other search trends upon what you're looking for to better assist you when you're looking for puppy scars or something like that. So, But, I mean, uh, I have, like, watched some of the Google presentations and they clearly state that their mission objective is to gather all the information in the world. Not, and not to only to gather it, but to own it. That's that's true. That's a good point. It's not like they're, well, but I guess someone has to own it. But, I mean, you wouldn't want your information that's, just pushed out into the public sector. That's true, but we don't own it. They own it. Yeah, and this, this is also a problem. I mean, it's not like with the government we have some kind of checks and balance. You know, we have a Freedom of Information Act. We don't have any such check or balance against That Google. is very true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's even cases of, of government agencies purposely subcontracting out their database maintenance to uh, private firms just to get around the FOIA. Another point that I was just thinking about that's just kind of annoying is just forcing people to have to do things. Like, I used to have a blogger account, and then Google ate up blogger, and then they they literally forced me to create a new account with them. Yahoo did the same thing when they bought Flickr and Delicious. Uh, um, I don't know about Delicious, but when, when they bought Flickr, you had to get a Yahoo account eventually. So, Google's not evil. <laughs> <laughs> they can, they can still be definitely scary without being evil, I think. <laughs> does evil mean, like, does big mean evil? Because they just keep getting bigger and bigger and eating things and getting bigger and bigger. And does that They are like, like the Borg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pac-Man. Uh, okay, so it sounds like we all changed our mind all of a sudden. So, so they're actually not evil because they, they have all this information and they're using it for our, our own good. They're helping us find things to buy. It's great. Yeah. They're, they're using it to make money on their own bottom line, period. They're a company. <laughs> Deep Geek, I'm shocked at your, at your cynicism. Um, I mean, in a time of, re- of economic re- recession like we are in, I think we should all have a show a little faith in, our, in the market. Um, and yeah, I wonder so, if they're going to appoint Barack Obama as the honorary CEO of Google. <laughs> <laughs> we need some change at Google for <laughs> We choose hope. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you a question now. Now, this, I'm glad I have all these illustrious panelists here because now let's say that now we're all computer computer some level of expertise. Let's say we invented some wild ass technology. And it just took off. Mm-hmm. Now, eventually, the corporate mechanism is going to come in and buy us out. And then, does that make us evil for having been taken over by corporate types? Makes you wealthy. 
if you're wealthy, and then by being well, by virtue of being wealthy, you're evil. I don't know if Plexi's serious or not, but I'm serious, and I'm saying, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I think that if you, um, I think, yeah, you're evil, or you could be evil in that case, because there's always the option of some kind of, you know, Creative Commons or GPL or some kind of benef- entirely beneficial kind of release of that technology. Well, what's wrong with, like, making an invention, patenting it, and selling it to, like, you know, Cisco and making money? That's, you know, you can donate it to a charity or something. It's okay to have money. It just doesn't make you evil just to sell something. There's a problem with, 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 with consolidation of, of too much financial ability mm-hmm. that, that is always plaguing large multi-state corporations that does not plague individually owned businesses. You know, there's just things that a Fortune 1000 company CEO will do that a crack dealer won't, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. Would we all agree, as illustrious panelists, would we agree that part of the fact that would even make Google possibly evil is the fact the size of its scale, or the, in fact, how large it is? Say if Google was, say, a, a small-time company, not capable of you know, storing the data of so many people, would it be such a threat? Would we be discussing it right now? It wouldn't be such a threat, but it wouldn't be useful either, and we wouldn't really care much about it because it wouldn't be as useful. I actually, I disagree, actually, because some of Google's services are really appealing at first, like Google Chat, Google Docs, things like that. And then you read... Google Chat? Actually, who uses it? Yeah. Aside from Plexi, I never talked to anyone on Google Chat. Wow, no, I'm I'm actually on it all day because people that I communicate with on the opposite coast are on it, and and that is all they will use. They will not... Is it big on the opposite coast? What's that? Is it big, like, in not California or something? I don't know, but uh, for some reason... No, everyone I know is on on Google Chat. I use Google Chat quite a bit. I even use it to SMS to other people. So I have people that text me from their phone, and it pops up in the Google Chat. So, yeah, I use it quite a bit. Yeah, I think a lot of... I mean, and you know how it is. I mean, if you start using it, and then another of your friends starts using it, and then they get someone else using it, you know, I mean, it kind of grows, and your little group of friends is suddenly a little Google click, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think with something along the same lines as them being big and powerful, it's just like the internet is everybody's internet. And mm-hmm. if Google just keeps getting bigger, are they going to, what are they going to do to threaten that and take that away from us? Because right now there's just so much freedom online and we want to keep it that way. And I think, but what are they doing to, to restrict any freedom? I mean, what, what direction are they going in that, that that's suggests the, that's, that? That's the prog. Thing to like think progressively, like where can they go? You know, uh-huh. try to like anticipate because if you just develop some kind of humongous presence, you're just going to be able to leverage that and possibly, you know, change things for the way you want it. Well, that, so that's yeah. Well, I guess they're, and they're good and like and they're good interest to be to be limiting anyone's behavior or anything online because then they, you would stop using them. And then they would stop selling ads. But would people stop using them and get their dependent on them? That is true. I think that they really, I mean, there is a danger of getting people, kind of, I mean, people start to rely on so many Google services that, or just the, the, the familiarity of it. And suddenly you start saying, well, yeah, they limited that, but I still know them best, so I might as well stick with them. And it just kind of gets worse and worse, in theory. 
That's yeah. kind of what happened to Microsoft, right? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, remember, I, I, I might be the old fart here, but I remember that when Microsoft was the rebel on the block, mm-hmm. and now that they're the, the establishment, it's a different story. And you could say the same exact thing of Apple because they were for a while, at least in my world, they were the resistance, you know. And then you're like, oh shoot, they're doing all this stuff with iPods and DRM and stuff, and they're not the resistance. They're actually no. just as bad. I don't care that they got rid of the DRM now. I think that they, I, I think that was just a marketing ploy. They they want DRM just as much as anyone else. Why would they want DRM? What what benefit do they have to having DRM? Uh, on, well, on their software, they've got all kinds of restrictions. Well, I mean, like the iTunes and Music Store, you were talking about the iPod. I thought you had such a man. When your old one goes out, you're going to have to buy another iPod if you want all that music that you just dumped a bunch of money in to work. Yeah, and they, uh, never, they never were very good at, at, get, at keeping your music straight for you, you know? Uh, what would you buy besides an iPod? What, what other MP3 player could you possibly want that's even on par? Well, I always buy Collins because they're odd compatible. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, people seem to really be impressed with the iAudios. You know, and and you know, I, I my first podcast I listened to was, um, oh, those guys in England, Wolverhampton, Lug Radio, yeah, Lug yeah. Radio, and and since they released Og and I knew Og from Linux, I insist on getting Og, and so I ended up being in the Cowan camp. <laughs> there was that famous. Evil Morgellon laugh. I'm not sure why. Yeah, Morgellon, what's the laugh about? What man? are you laughing at, man? Uh, I just noticed that there's there's been a recent kind of insurgence in the whole uh, Og cast and the uh, having the proliferation of Og only media casts. So uh, was it the uh, Juiced Penguin uh, podcast? I think they're talking about coming out and doing an Og only cast. An AUG only cast? Why would you do that? You lock out like 80% of your audience like, instantly. Yeah, but who cares? You're not making any money off your audience anyway. Yeah, I mean, oh, if you're okay. if you're a podcaster and you're a volunteer army, then yeah. if they paid you, it would be, be a different story, you know? Yeah. I'm wondering, how many people really put podcasts on their iPods, or do they just listen to them on their computer? I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of the market is people who commute. Mm. Oh, but I'm the moderator. I should be. I should be more focused. Sorry, Google. Well, it is. Yeah, I mean, it can go back because you know one of my problems with Google is that they're that they do not support Linux uh, as well as I think they should. They're not as multi-platform as they should be. Now, I don't know if that makes them evil. It just makes them. How do they not support Linux? Um, no video chat in Linux. I mean, in Google Chat for Linux users. Uh, Chrome was, you know, very belated. Yeah, but people oh, on Linux are very Firefox, you know, loyalists. You can't really get them to switch to Chrome easily. Sure, sure. But uh, I don't know. I, in my, my impression was that Chrome got a lot of attention from the, the – I mean, people who use Linux are just like tech uh, – they're, they're tech addicts. So when Chrome came out, you know, they were really talking about it a lot. But then they were realized that they weren't going to be able to use it on their, their favorite platform. You know, if they wanted to try it out, they're going to have to boot up Windows or something. Well, I know some people who run some really high-profile websites, and they were telling me that because I was looking at their Google Analytics stuff, and they got a, like a big hit of Chrome users when Chrome first came out, and it's been tapering off ever since. And like People look at it and play with it, and they kind of a lot of them move back to whatever they were using before. That was kind of my impression, too, because that's kind of how the press coverage or whatever kind of went. You know, you heard about it, it was like the topic, and then suddenly... No one cared about it. 
But I mean, what about uh, Google, some of Google's like licensing schemes and things like that, like the, the, the fine print. I don't know if you've, how, how much you guys have read the fine print of, of some of Google's stuff. You know, it's I, enough I, to know that we own everything that we, make, that we do. Right. I got to tell you guys something. I have a fantasy. Okay. <laughs> I have a fantasy where I get drafted for a jury, and the whole crux of the case that it matters is about the guy ha- clicking the EULA, and my fantasy is to hang that jury because it's ridiculous. No one reads these agreements. Yeah, of right. course. So when when some, some something comes to a court case, is anyone going? To, is any jury? I mean, tell, you tell me because I don't know about normal people. <laughs> I know about computer people. You tell me, is any jury going to take EULA seriously? I would hope not. <laughs> me too. I mean, I've never, I can't remember the last time I actually read one. I think I did, like, recently just for kicks, but, I mean. You have, like, an hour to kick or something? It's Friday night. Let's get the Eulas out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's hysterical. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, why don't they, and that's a good point, why don't they put at least a little summary of it? Well, a lot of the Eulas, just to protect themselves, like, if you use, you know, yeah, quick You're not going to swallow that story, are you? I, I mean, give me a come on to protect ever been us. prosecuted under a, a Yula? Protect them. No one. That's a strong statement. Do you have backup for this? I want to see proof. I haven't heard of anyone being prosecuted <laughs> for a Yula violation either. <laughs> me neither. No, neither have I. Well, actually, technically, haven't you though? I mean, like, isn't software no, piracy no. just boiling yeah, down to uh, Yula? Uh, violation or no? No, that's just being a dick. About making a summary at the beginning or something. Yeah. Uh, it would it would become like a contract. Like the summary would become a contract. So if you violate something that's in the long in the long um, agreement, uh, you would just say, "Well, I read the summary, and the summary didn't say anything about that." Right. No. Right. So it would make it a new contract. So you might as well just give you just the summary and then. They miss out on, you know, limiting you a lot. Right, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. I think what we need is eula operating systems. I think that's going to be the wave of the future. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Yeah. Wow. So. How could such a thing exist? <laughs> well, I'm using and, one. <laughs> it exist anywhere online. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it was funny because I, I, I use Debian, as you guys know, and, and you know, Debian has Ice Weasel instead of Firefox. Mm-hmm. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and and yeah, you can say you can say it's stupid, but you know what? Well, I saw someone install Firefox and they had a click on the EULA, and I said, "Wow, what a great feature I have! Yeah. I don't have to click on something I don't know." I never noticed that, but you're right. Yeah, Ice Weasel doesn't bug you about that. Yeah, because it's just the GNU license. This that's is the GNU pretty license. cool. That's it. Yeah. So that's a feature for me. Yeah, totally. And this relates to Google somehow. Well, it doesn't. But we were talking about you were talking about Google's licensing, which I've never even heard of. Well, I'm thinking I'm, think, I'm thinking primarily of Google Docs, which has this clause in it that basically killed it for me and a collaborator of mine. We had been collaborating via Google Docs, publishing all our papers up there, uh, and then one day he read the the license, and point twelve was that they have right to everything that you post into Google Docs. For real? Wow. Yeah, totally. It's like either point eleven or twelve for for some reason oh. I kinda remember it. But no, um must have read that wrong. That can't be accurate. Please read it. Go go read you know, it. Companies, in Google Docs. I know companies that use Google Docs. 
Okay, there's a separate uh, agreement. Me and Chad Wallenberg from Linux Basement were arguing about this very same thing. And I was like, no, read point twelve. And he reads point twelve and it's totally different. And okay, then where can I find this? <laughs> the user <laughs> the user one is just if you if you go to your Google account, which of course we all have, even though we're all talking about how evil Google is. I don't um, have one. Uh, what? I don't have a Google get account. Up, get off the call. You you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, go to Google, go to Google Docs, and go to like terms and terms and agreement or something. That's not an option. There's a help. Oh, uh-huh. additional terms. Okay, terms. Here we go. Where's terms that? Service. You go to help, you can find it. Okay, so what was it point twelve? Yeah. That's software updates. <laughs> well, okay. well, since we're talking about Google and whether or not they're evil, you know, what about Google and the Manson effect? The what effect? I'm sorry. The the the, the Charles Manson effect. You've never heard Enlight, of this theory before. Us, Charles Charles Manson was was a cult leader, as we all know, and he was so glaring about it that he actually distracted people from other cult leaders that were around at the time, because there were there were many. And so I'm wondering about Google as a distraction for like the moves of a other big company like Yahoo. Because while we're all looking at Google and we have Google Watch and this watch and that watch and Google taking over the world, watch.com, net, whatever, Google quietly buys up Overture, All the Web, AltaVista, and, and Inktomi. And what other search engines are there? Now we have two yeah, companies, yeah. right? They bought AltaVista, so they bought like five people, Greg. There are, there are other alternative search engines out there and some that function in completely different manners. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Clustery, which is a cluster search engine. Starts with a K, K-L-U-S-T-A-Y, Clusty, Clustery, something. I don't know. I'm, I have no power, so I can't. No, you can't look at it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to go no, from it. Not working, but it's, it's um, Clusty, Clustery. But it's a search engine that searches by cluster. So you put in a topic, and it brings up in different uh, ways. It's a, it's a different way of searching through topics, and it's very handy, say, if you've got a, a topic that could have different meanings, or uh, say, like a resistor. A resistor could be an electronic component. It could be other stuff as well, so as far as, like, a, you know, an, an individual but uh, yeah. So anyway, it's uh, that's neat. Um, there is, I'm spacing on the name of it, but there are anonymous search engines out there as well that will anonymize what you search uh, for. So for those that are a little more uh, want to be cautious about what they're looking for or whatnot. So I mean, there are there are alternatives out there to Google, and it's not like they've all been bought up. They're just not as big. Everybody knows what Google is. It's almost a household word. It's a mm-hmm. word, you know, that is known by the quote-unquote normal people. You know, you can say, hey, Google it, and, you know, just about grandma will understand what you're saying. So it, it's, a, it's a different level, and a lot of people don't even stop to think about the other search engines other than, you know, MSN, Yahoo, and Google because they're the big three, and they're the ones that are always – hyped and pumped up about. So I, I think that that's half the battle too. So Well to be fair, a lot of search engines like live dot com they really suck. That is true. <laughs> I mean Google has a monopoly because they make a really great product. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that is true. I've tried, like, you know, there have been a couple of other little engines that have come up and said, hey, we're going to take over Google, and they're just not any good. <laughs> By the way, I just hit up Clusty. It's, it's C-L-U-S-T-Y dot com. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Thanks. Just, just for the listeners. But all Clusty does is search other search engines. Well, then, then it also functions as an anonymizer, too, doesn't it? Clusty? Let's see. Yeah, I see it. Well, yeah, so is is that, I mean, that is, oh, go ahead. That's just a good tip, yeah, to anonymize it. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with. I mean, is that, I mean, we kind of mentioned it, but we didn't go with, we didn't go far with it. I mean, what about the whole issue of them keeping track of, you know, when I'm logged into my account and stuff, keeping track of exactly what I've searched? A lot of people, we know this, but a lot of people don't really understand that. And so they're sitting around searching something, and then they're puzzled as to why, from then on, you know, all their all their feedback, all their results are, are centered around this topic or something like that. And, and apparently Google isn't deleting any of this information. And so suddenly, especially if they have put in their real information, which, believe it or not, some people do, a lot of people, I think, probably do, uh, then, you know, there's there's all this information about them. That Google has, and there's no there's no agreement with Google that they're you know there's no sense of protection that they're going to ever be be non evil with this information. We just don't have no idea what they're going to do with the information whenever they decide to. I've I've heard of cases right. where, where people have had like you know friends or visiting friends or visiting relatives yeah. use their terminal, and all of a sudden all their 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 searches are tainted. Right. Yeah. You know, in exactly. a different weird way. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, there's no way of resetting it, you know, I mean, the, yeah, yeah, you know, and then the other thing is, 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 is people say everyone knows what Google is. Everyone knows what Google is. Well, I mean, do people really know what Google is? I mean, do people think that Google is the Internet? Some people might. Some people do. Yeah. You know, well, I knew I somebody who thought if you wanted the Internet, you had to get MSN because that MSN was the Internet. Right. Well, right. Right. Right, like yeah. which internet are you using? Are you using yeah. Google? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which internet? I use the AOL. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. Which internet? That's really good. <laughs> well, maybe one of the things we can do to empower our listeners is to publish as show notes like a whole bunch of alternative search engines. I would. I would concur. <laughs> Google Chinese, Google Japanese, Google France. <laughs> Alternatives. I, I guess is it is it like totally passe to mention Google's you know uh, going ahead with the Chinese government in terms of filtering content? So is every company. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you can't ignore a billion people. That's that's well, they aren't ignoring a billion people. They're ignoring the the rules over that billion people is a problem. I mean, Scarlett, you you were saying you were the one saying uh, that the internet is this big, free, uh, unexplored territory without any laws, you know. But here's Google saying, okay, well, if the signal's piping into China, we'll filter this out, we'll filter that out. I mean, it's just it's propaganda or or censorship or something. I heard that Google wasn't even that big in China. Are you kidding? Google's not big in they're they're big everywhere. No, no, and I'm almost positive in China. There's some other search engine that people use, it's not Google. Yeah, looks like I'm going to check what it is. I'm going to check that. I'm going to erase you. 
Um, we just keep talking. I'll come up with it. That's a good point, though. Like, would you want the, all the people in China not to have access, or do would we want to be able to communicate with them in a limited way? It's just an interesting thing to think about. Well, I think we would want to be able to communicate with them and have access. Oh, yeah. it's uh, bad. I can't pronounce it. B-A-I-D-U. Badu. Yeah, I think that's it. But then all that compromise with the government. Yeah, I mean, I'm not convinced that just because they're not big in China means that it's okay for them to to censor, you know, information on on. No, not at all. Not. You should be able to like tell someone to Google something, expecting them to find the same thing you did, and then right, find yeah, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Given the ultimatum, hey, you either censor your data or none of it gets in at all. I mean, is it not, you know, I I can almost understand them saying, okay, well, we'll censor the data because, I mean, to me, one of the most important things in life is information. You know, that that's power in a lot of ways. And so the fact that, okay, you know, if – at least most of it will get through and some of what the government doesn't agree with or a lot of it may tend to be political, but a lot of other information can get through, then I say, yeah, go ahead and send it through. And, I mean, if some people want to throw some sticks and stones, yeah, that's fine, but at least there's information that's there that's available. And the reason that it's not some information is not available. It's not Google's fault. It's the government's fault. It's China's fault. You know, because if it weren't for China saying, hey, you can't send this, this, and this through our firewall, then Google would send it. It's not Google going, hey, well, I guess we'll send China this, this, and oh, no, they don't need to see this. <laughs> They've never done that. Right. So, I mean, I'll kind of, you know, I, I kind of have to almost not give Google a lot of hell about it. I don't, you know, it'd be nice if they would just send all the data, but then at the same time, that would get Google blocked. And so... And they wouldn't want that because that would mean their market share would be affected and all their money would would go down. I mean, that's their goal. They're not worried really about sending information. They don't care about that. They're just like, China, lots of people, lots of potential for ad revenue. Let's do it. Did you guys hear, I guess you didn't, uh, Eric Schmidt, or maybe it wasn't Eric Schmidt, some executive from Google said something like, um, well, that uh, that do no evil thing, that's really just a suggestion. It's really, <laughs> yeah. it's really funny, i have to find it. Well, what I heard about that was that that was originally a catchphrase that these guys used to, you know, caution each other. They say, we can't do that, why not? Well, that's evil, well, let's look into it deep, more deeply. Mm-hmm. That didn't literally mean that there was a code of conduct any place that they were using at the time. Plus, I don't know about a verbal code of conduct in this business world. You know, I mean, like between me and you, Deep Geek, all right, if we say something, we can pretty much trust each other. But, I mean, if Google just says, hey, guys, don't worry, we're not evil. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. I'm like, um, okay. Yeah, that's that's a good reason to suspect them of being evil. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Uh, It just doesn't – traditionally, companies have not been able to kind of maintain that kind of honor for that long. Okay, so they're evil. We still want to use Google. What's, I mean, what, just use a fake identity and then we're safe, basically? Is that is that a good idea? Having a fake identity doesn't work that much because there's so many, I mean, it's inconvenient to have two Google accounts, one that's actually yours and one mm-hmm. that's, you know, your handle. 
and then you end up, you know, doing the forward thing. Right. You forward all your accounts to one forward to one account, and then Google still knows that you're still all these people. Right. Yeah. That's a good tip to tell people not to do that whole, you know, consolidation thing if you want to remain anonymous. Right. Yeah. It's a good hacker tip. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing with Google, I mean, think of all, like, the services that they've gotten, the way they kind of outreach. I mean, in some ways, it's it's almost, you know, it can be a bit much as far as, like, think, like, the Google Earth and the Google Street View. Think how much that brings to the ability to go out as far as if I'm planning a trip, if I want to see where, you know, my destination is going to be, if I'm driving, you know, to a building, I can look down at a satellite level and see what's going on or over in the street view. But at the same time, the privacy versions are some people that are not happy with the fact that they show up on street view or where they show up on street view. So where's the, uh, where's the middle ground between the availability of information for convenience and, avail- you know, our privacy well, I mean, and that's a big thing that they have in their favor is that they are very, very, very convenient because they're they're very good at what they're they're offering. Uh, they're very prolific. They seem to be, you know, I mean, they're on phones, they're in browsers, um, they're on mobile devices. Yeah, they're just really, really simple to use. And and why is that? Why are they why are they more prolific than other companies? Is it because they are doing something? evil? Are they hijacking? Are they a mobster company? Or is it the fact that they are actually maybe outreaching more to mobile devices and actually outreaching instead of demanding that the mobile device mold to the way we say things should be? Maybe they're trying to adapt themselves to any particular form. So the fact that they're adaptive to be able to pop up easily and quickly on any kind of device is that necessarily evil where other companies just refuse to to bend and mold? It's not like just because Google did it, nobody else can do it. Right? Yeah, I mean that's true. They're not they're not proprietary at all. They they support lots of platforms, they 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 turn up at different events, they sponsor a lot of different events. Twenty minutes ago you were just complaining about them not having good Linux support. Yeah. I, I'm 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 the moderator. I can I can go back and forth all I want. <laughs> You're the king. <laughs> well, I know that I'm definitely a fan of Google for the amount of information that it brings to me and the rapidness that it brings to me. But if we're going to talk about actual things that I would consider evil or the way that Google could actually damage me physically. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I would think about is, okay, well, the the manner in which Google is able to so rapidly reply in a response and accurately is, you know, there's a whole lot of servers sitting somewhere sucking up a whole lot of electricity to reply back to me whatever I'm searching for. And if that happens to be puppy dog collars or silly cat pictures or who knows what I'm looking for, there's a sizable amount of electricity that me and everybody else that goes to Google is pumping down for. 
And it gets to the point, well, if I'm doing research and I'm going to Google and, wow, Google can translate this page that is in Japanese and I can understand what's going on and I can read this schematic and now that schematic makes sense because I understand the Japanese part of the page that I cannot read because I don't read katana and hiragana and all that stuff. So, wow, that's really convenient. But, you know, if I'm looking up, silly pictures, am I effectively using Google? How much energy am I consuming in a Google search? How much damage to the planet, if we want to take this angle, is Google doing to us, to everybody, to people that don't even have a computer? Yeah, I mean, they're a, they're a pretty rich company, so how much responsibility should they have to go, like the whole green computing thing? That's a compromise they have to do, because if they didn't let you Google puppy scarves and, you know, random stuff that you don't need, you won't be spending as much time using Google and you won't be so addicted to it and you won't be such a good customer, advertisement customer. Right. No, no, I'll I'll agree with you on, on that comment because it is a bit creepy, the amount that, the AdSense and email seems to abstract, quote-unquote, randomly from your emails and then interject as far as ads. I've seen some really kind of spooky ads as far as, you know, how can that be random? How, yeah, as far as what's popping up, as far as my locality and related to that email that just popped into my ebook, email box. It is kind of a little creepy. Well, it's mm -hmm. not supposed to be random. That's the whole point of them gathering all this data so that they can deliver really great targeted ads that you might actually like. And, well, maybe, do they ask us if we want that or not? Like, maybe to opt out would be a nice option that would make them less evil. But see, that's part of the agreement, I guess, is if you're in Gmail, then you get all your data stored by them well, because that's where it is. Email. Right. Well, there, um, I, I believe there are methods to turn off the uh, the AdWords in your Gmail, whether it's a uh, it's a hack or it's uh, in the Google Labs uh, settings. I know I know I've seen it. Uh, I believe it was on Lifehacker. And but, but is it, but and what does that turn off? Just just the AdWords, literally, or or I mean, it's not turning off them keeping track of all your data and relating it to other things, obviously. The display. Display. Sure. Of, okay. So, yeah, I'm sure they're still collecting it. It's just you don't see it. So. Right. And so is this anything peculiar to Google? I mean, do we know? I mean, just because Google is collecting all the data and keeping track of it forever, does that mean that other search engines aren't? I mean, I mean, if you have an account with Yahoo, do they do the same thing? Do we know? Like. Yeah, they do. There you go. So... Are we just saying that the the answer is to have your own server, have your own email address, and then your search engine? That'd be great. Yeah, you know. I mean, well, I mean, obviously, if you're just searching from rand without an account, they they don't really have any way of of keeping track of your information. No, they take your IP address, don't they? That's that's yeah. true. And the cookies, I'm sure they have cookies. We need an HPR episode on how to change your IP address. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just had a kind of weird idea pop into my mind here and take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, we 
we were just asking about different search engines and stuff, and it's like, would it be possible for the open source community to make an open source search engine? I mean, it's clearly not been done up to this point, but why is it? Is it because somebody's not had the weird thought to, could we do a peer-to-peer -peer type of web browser or, I mean, excuse me, not web browser, search engine? But is this feasible? Is it possible? What, I mean, yeah, we don't all have, you know, mass servers like Google, but if could we do it in a peer-to-peer -peer manner? That would be really cool. I don't know really the... I have no idea what goes into searching the web. I, I have no earthly idea, but yeah, that's a great idea. I think that's cool. I'd love that. That would it's be really amazing. Of, um, because instead of, instead of popularity of link being what, what makes it go to the top, it would probably be how many, how many individual web browsers have bookmarked your site right. would probably drive it. That would be really interesting to write. Yeah. Yeah, um, having a um, search engine that that's not that's open source and supported by the non-corporate type people mm -hmm. um, would take a lot of resources that you would need to donate since it's not being supported by advertisement. So that's not gonna work. It's not realistic. Yeah, just because what you need a lot of like server space is that what would go into right. that or okay. Right. It's interesting. It's an interesting uh, technological speculation. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Like it. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know. Um, any last words or thoughts? Any way to 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 um, make Google either better or less evil or, or more evil that you want to talk about? <laughs> let's make it more evil. <laughs> <laughs> I say we just yeah. I mean let's let's really. Let's start distributing each other's information over Google. Let's, let's all join Memstreams tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. My What I think is Google does invade privacy. However, it also allows me to invade other people's privacy. I mean, it gives me the option to Google people, you know, right? Google yeah. people. Yeah. And I find that very cool. <laughs> I think I think that might evil every day. Yeah, exactly. I think that might sum up the 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 verdict. Actually, oh. <laughs> Google is evil, and it enables us to be more evil all all the time. <laughs> well, people do volunteer all their information on Facebook and you know MySpace. And I mean, people who don't care that much. Why would we? Why would anyone care about their privacy since they don't care? Yeah, that's, that's true. You gotta care about yourself a little bit, right? Right, and then, I mean, if you don't care, then you you it's fine that Google is using that information. But then, if you do care, you, you'd have to boycott Google, which would kind of kill your onlineness since Google is awfully convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I would say just a call for responsibility and also input from users. Like, since they're so big and the Internet is this thing that's just always changing and growing, I would, since they're so, like, such a force, it'd be cool if they wanted to know what what all their users wanted and that they, I mean, that would be really innovative of them and they, they could do that. That would definitely make them less evil. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else, guys, or is that, is that all we have to say on the subject? That's all I have to say. 
Uh, if nobody minds, I'd like to plug my Twitter, uh, Drake Anubis, on Twitter, because I uh, I need followers. All right. Um, okay, well, that's been the first roundtable episode. It's been exciting. It's been It's been controversial. It has been action-packed uh, action and daring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm Yeah, so we'll do another roundtable sometime, and if anyone wants to be a host... Um, Either me or Enigma or Wintermute will be sending out, you know, a general email to the HPR mailing list. Uh, so just try to coordinate time and stuff. And you too can be a host on the second roundtable HPR episode. Uh, thanks oh, for listening. San Diego. Uh, next Friday, I'm having a Yule reading party. We're gonna come over, read some Yule together. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. I will make that happen. Wonderful. Right. Um, that's it. That's the end. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.